Hello, this is Erin Weir. The journey to being a successful creative entrepreneur is filled with challenges, hard work, and occasional high points. You have the opportunity to minimize the challenges and hard work by learning from experts, mentors, and leaders that have traveled the same road before you. The Creative Genius Podcast celebrates you and your hard work and helps you shortcut the path to profit and renewed passion. Enjoy this episode with my co-host, Gail Dobie of Gail Dobie Coaching and Consulting. Today, we're blessed to have the talented Cheryl Stoffer joining us. Cheryl was born in Paraguay to two Mennonite missionaries, a far cry from the world of luxury interior design. She spent the first seven years of her life surrounded by wild, unfettered beauty. She was taught the world is so much larger than just ourselves and that we can only gain what we give. In 2003, she made the decision to take a risk and fulfill her lifelong dream of being a business owner. She wanted to create an interior design firm built on two ideals, the pursuit of beauty and fearless giving. She chose the name Crimson to reflect the passion that she feels for this business and for her clients' projects. In truth, at Crimson, they choose projects that they feel passionately about. Over the last 17 years, her one-person studio has turned into a 19-person team full of visionaries and creatives. Together, they've created interiors for individuals, families, and businesses that reflect their passions, hopes, and stories. They take pride in anticipating their clients' every need and providing the highest level of personal service possible. They're driven by curiosity, forward-thinking design, and unwavering attention to detail and love a challenge. Cheryl, thank you so much for being a part of our podcast. We're really excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm so excited to have to be here and to see you and Aaron both. Well, it's been a while. So mm-hmm. I, I want to start off and I think you have such an interesting background and I want you to share that where you were born, a little bit about your background growing up and maybe how you got into design. Sure. Well, I was started, I was born in Paraguay, South America. My parents grew up Amish um, and then become, became Mennonite missionaries. And so they, my mother went, they obviously went to Paraguay uh, when she was pregnant with me and I lived there until I was seven. And so that really shaped such a big part of my worldview and the values and the beliefs that I have had. And so it's been interesting growing up with, um, you know, the Mennonite culture is very simple. And so here I am doing design, which is completely the opposite of simple. But I think the beautiful part is, is that my mother specifically taught me a lot about like beauty and understanding and valuing the simplicity in life. And so growing up there really shapes just how much I love culture and just everything global. And so I think growing up there really has given me this bug for travel that never, ever goes away. Um, and so if I could travel the world all the time, that would be my life goal. Mm, well, then I have to ask you, where's your favorite place to go? Oh, that's a good question. South of France is one of my all-time favorite places. Um, India is a culture shock country, but so stimulating in so many ways. And then I also love Turkey. 
Well, I think it's fascinating that you have, you started from that very simple beginning and now look at what you do now. And you have this big vision for yourself as well. And I really want to start with talking a little bit about your vision for the future. Cause I remember when we first started working together, oh gosh, about seven years ago, I think. And you were just in the beginning stages. You were at a healthy place with your business, but now you're multiple times that size of where you were at that time. So what has changed for you over the years in terms of your vision? Well, I think uh, the biggest thing that, um, you know, going back probably a couple of years after we started working together, Gail, I realized that I gave my pers- myself permission to grow. Once I gave myself permission and just the confidence and really knowing that I could do it, that I was called for something bigger, I started really dreaming what that might be. And so I would say that was probably about four or five years ago. And so I started asking myself, what do I really want? And, you know, I took some time to really think through that and what my company could look like. Our 10-year goal is to become a $50 million company um, with seven divisions or kind of uh, studios of different types of work that we're working within and have, you know, if we were 50 million, that would mean about 150 employees plus. So really, you know, not stopping nationally, you know, obviously doing work globally, which just ties back to, you know, what Louie and I are passionate about. Which means, and if you don't mind, I'll just kind of go on that tangent because you have done a lot of things that I think are heart-centered. And so you're very passionate about philanthropy. And that is also part of your global vision as well. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So that in 2010, we really started making philanthropy a big part of our business. And I have to tell you, that's probably when I drastically saw things starting to change. Um, we became, I think that year, the following year was the first million dollars that we hit as a company. And so we work with uh, clients, you know, organizations that they're passionate about. We give back to them um, financially. And then two years ago, we were able to really focus. Um, we worked with an organization that's in Columbus, but they do work all over the uh, all over the world with children. And so, because I adopted my little Mia, and Louis is adopted, and it's such a big part of our family, you know, children really became kind of the heart of what we're passionate about. So we were able to raise money with our client and vendors help and uh, build a house for 25 kids in Thailand. So we were able to go last year and hoping to go again, not last year. No, not, not 2020, the year before. before, Mm -hmm. And we're hoping to go back this year. And really these are, you know, 25 kids that are part of our life that are going to be world leaders and we get to make such a big difference in their life. Mm. One of the things I love about that is that the purpose of your business is not just about making money, but it's about giving back. And since that's a big part of who you are as a person, obviously that has helped you grow your business too. Absolutely. You know, I think anytime last year, we all went through different things, right? And we were, I worked harder than I ever did last year. And I've started asking myself recently, like, am I doing the right thing again? And what I've realized is that I've gotten so sucked into just this hamster wheel of doing work over and over again, that I'm not really focusing on the meaningful work. And that is working with people, being able to give back and 
just look at um, how you can impact other people's lives. So it's just so important that you do, you know, what fuels your, I think your inner self and what gives you energy Mm -hmm. and working with people is what fuels me. How do you share a philanthropy with your team since it's such a big part of your culture? Uh, I'm sure that some people um, immediately come in there. That's very attractive to them, but how do you share that world with them and, and their involvement in it for your company? Uh, well, we talk about it all the time. I mean, it's interesting when we interview employees, that's usually just like you said, something that they're really attracted to. And I think, you know, younger generation, they want to be part of something much bigger, right? This is just kind of how their, their worldview is starting to really take shape. And so we talk about it. We share like the organizations that we're um, part of, we have pictures up, but also right now, like this month in May, um, I'm on the Habitat for Humanity board and they're doing a playhouse build day. And so my team's going to be there the whole day, um, you know, building and creating this little playhouse. And so there's lots of things that, that we do locally that they get to be involved with. They get eight hours of community service that they can use throughout the year doing whatever that they're passionate about. And then we've started asking them, you know, what organizations do they want to want us to give back to so that we can also, you know, give financially to things that they really care about. That's awesome. Could I ask a question that goes back to what you were saying earlier, because you have this goal for, to build a $50 million business. And why is that? What will that do for you? I, I believe that, we can make a bigger impact on, I want to create a culture of um, where people succeed, that they can focus on personal development. They can meet, reach their goals, um, what they want to, to work towards, not just professionally, but also personally. And then also it gives us even a much more money to, or even influence to be able to do a lot more. Um, you know, I would love to have um, a Crimson Foundation And, you know, I'm not hundred percent sure what that looks like, but we've been talking about that. It just gives us much more influence and the ability to make a bigger impact Mm -hmm. with our clients and with our employees. We just landed um, a new contract, which I'm super excited about. And that is to go into the senior living world, which is completely new. But this client wants to really make a difference and tell the stories of the people who are who are living in his residence and they care about the people who are there. And so when you really team up with, you know, uh, your clients who have the same kind of passion to make a difference, there's just so much synergy there. Mm -hmm. And design is just like secondary to me. It's about the people first and the human connection. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your company name. I know it has a little bit of a deeper meaning for you. Well, I named it Crimson. Um, I love the color red and it's, you know, obviously the color of passion. And then the group just really made, I knew that we would be a bigger company someday. And I didn't want to focus on just my name because it's not just about me. Really, it's the people who are behind me that have given, who have built Crimson and are behind our success. And so I always say it's like smoke and mirrors. You know, you have to appear bigger than you are in the beginning. And that was my intention. I love it. So tell us a little bit about where you were at when you decided that you did need some help. You needed a coach that could um, help you with these ideas and this passion and this dream that you have for yourself and your business. 
You know, I think we were at that point, maybe $750,000 scale, maybe not even that big. And I love the business side really now more than I do the design side. I rather not do much of the design anymore. And I think it's just, I knew at 12, I wanted to be a business owner. I just didn't know I was going to be a designer. It took me a while. And so I wanted to make sure that my numbers made sense. And I wanted someone who knew the industry and knew that, you know, we were charging what was right, that the way we did things made sense. And so that was my number one focus um, when I first called Gail. And I know that my office manager at the time or my uh, financial person said, you're going to pay how much and you're going to Denver? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, yes, we are. And um, I know when I came back and we just changed a couple small things, Gail, I think that first year we either doubled or tripled um, what we had paid for my VIP day. And I told her, see, it paid off. (laughs) (laughs) So I think just really having Gail help us through understanding um, what my profit and loss was and that we were charging or what we needed to change in order to become more profitable gave me the confidence to keep going and put different processes in place. I love that. And so what would you say is one of the number one things that and how you've grown as a business owner over the years? That's a good question. I think it's uh, believing in myself, having the confidence and knowing, um, knowing who you are, you know, I mean, I think is we're always growing, right. But I think as I've personally grown, it's knowing to understand and trust your gut instinct. My gut instinct is almost always, always right. And that has really led and formed decisions that I've made. It's, you know, sometimes I just did um, this new assessment and the assessment came back exactly like you can have all the facts, but you will make your decision on your gut instinct. And people who are very factual or high fact finders, like on the Colby, doesn't make any sense because I can make a decision completely opposite of what the facts tell me, but it's just naturally who I am. And so that has really learning to trust myself has helped us grow and making sure that we have the right people in place. So, you know, I've always believed in coaching, having the right coaches um, and advisors along the way to help you make hard decisions. And what would you say is what are some of the tools that you use or some of the things that help you keep your confidence in check, right? Like keeps you strong and confident on a daily basis. Do you have a routine or some colleagues or what is it that makes you get up every day and have that confidence you need to, to do this? Well, I think meditation is a big thing for me. I think, you know, every morning having my, you know, my own time, even if it's like 10 minutes, just having that that time, that quiet time in my mind, um, being able to just meditate and then really, you know, having people in my life who remind me who I am. You know, there are days that I question, am I doing the right thing? Am I going down the right path? But just having those core, you know, really good friends that will remind you, yes, this is who you are. You don't need to be afraid. You can do this and just, you know, support you along the way, I think are my two big things. Well, we're both believers in meditation is so important for grounding. And that makes me think that, well, especially because a lot of the books I've read recently talk a lot about the brain chemistry and how important meditation is for resetting your whole inside of your brain. So that's important. 
also you're a big reader. So what are some of the things you're reading? Well, I'm reading a book called Three Feet from Gold, which is a great book. Uh, one of my coaches actually gave it to me. It was written, um, well, it's part of the Napoleon Hill. He wrote Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. And it's just an allegory about a man who had a marketing company and was losing it all. And so how this businessman comes into his life and connects him to all of these different people and how he's starting to kind of re- see how he really thinks. And so that's one book. And then I'm also reading The Soul of Money, mm. which I haven't gotten into really far, but is really, really fascinating and talking about how everyone thinks and processes money and the scarcity and talks about tribes who money isn't even exists in their life. And so if money didn't exist, how would we form, you know, our thoughts about it? Can I go back on the meditation thing and share something? I love that you're such a huge proponent of meditation. And one of um, the coaches that I'm working with last week told me the number one thing that I need to do in order to grow my company. And I was shocked when he gave me the answer. He said, I need to take a nap for 23 minutes a day. And I'm like, oh, I nap. I'm like, I can't take a nap. And he's like, oh my goodness. If, if you don't have to nap, he goes, you have to have quiet time. He's like, because this is where your brain gets to reset and think about what the possibilities are and have the space. It's really hard to try to um, carve that time out, but it's so critical. Just like what you said, how your brain gets to, you know, resets or whatever it does. So, and he was specific to 23 minutes. Yes. He's very specific to time. I know. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> That's so interesting. And I, um, I, I will share a book that I read recently and I'm on the second read so I can take notes on it. It's called the art of impossible. I highly recommend it. You will absolutely love it. Okay. So that, that gets into the neurochemistry and the neurobiology is oh, wow. so fascinating. So definitely check that out because that'll add on to what you already know and from what he said. So something to think about. (laughs) Great. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I I think too, one of the things I want to come back to, and I know I keep bringing you back to where you decided to grow and get this concept together that you're going to be a $50 million company. Cause I do remember one of our boardroom retreats where you were in tears about just having that confidence and that faith that you should be moving forward and growing a big company. So talk to me about that transition of thinking. I think it, it goes a little bit to, you know, maybe it ties into like the scarcity mindset that mm-hmm. you've taught me. I mean, not taught me that you've, you've helped me recognize that I have the scarcity mindset. And when you look at everything from a scarce standpoint, it makes you not believe in the things that you can really do and it holds you back. And I think just really recognizing that and just being honest with myself that if I want to grow, I can grow and I don't need to have believe in the limitations that other people might set for me. Or it doesn't matter if someone else thinks that I should be doing something different. It's really just being honest with yourself and just giving myself permission. I mean, it was really kind of as simple as that. And I think saying it out loud, like when I said it out loud to the boardroom, it's like, oh crap, I better do it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, we're going to hold you to it because I think you just blew everybody away when we came back a few years later and you said this was your goal to build a company with seven divisions and be $50 million. And that's in a year, not in 10 years. That's over in one year. So uh, what year are you going to do that? It's 2029. Oh, wow. Yes. So that's right around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You can do it. And every, every year when my leadership team, we make our goals like this last year, I'm like, we have to keep making these big goals because in order to get to 50 million, yeah. you can't just double 50, you know, 50 million in one year. That would cause major, major craziness. But yes, we will do it. I know you will. I'm totally confident in that. My mom had a dream like two weeks ago when I was second guessing about you know, maybe I should sell Crimson, uh, you know, you, things that we all think about. Mm -hmm. And she dreamt that she's like, I dreamt that you were a $72 million company. Like, <laughs> 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 very, right. like, very specific, but uh, wow. it kind of gave me the, it, it encouraged me to keep going when I was really weary. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have a feeling that you'll go beyond what you think you're going to anyway. So it's just a matter of when, not if. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Erin, where would you like to take it from here? So if you had a chance um, to do anything over, what would that be? I think to give myself permission sooner to grow or to, you know, allow myself to vision having a big company. You know, I had to uh, print a picture of this really like amazing, badass woman at the head of a table of all men in this corporate office in New York City, you know, in a room full of people, I had to put that by my computer so I could remind myself like, hey, this is who our company could be. I do have the strength to be leading a lot of people. And so, yes, if I could change one thing, I think it would be to dream bigger sooner. And you think that um, when you did give yourself permission, that was just sharing it out loud or did you write it down? Did you journal about it? What was that ticket of permission that you're like, okay, universe, like this is, it's happening. I, I'm not even sure, Gail, what the question that you asked, but I think I wrote it down in my journal and then I really took some time to really think through it and said, yes, this is who I believe that we can be. And it's been fun because the one thing that I do at our, um, our retreat for my team, I started this last year. Um, we, we meet, you know, in January every year with my full team is I make them all close their eyes and I paint a picture of what the next 10 years will look like or what it looks like getting to that place. And so they can kind of understand like, what am I thinking? Where are we going and what is coming along the way? And it's been really fun to see um, because then they kind of understand and get it. It's not just something that I'm saying, you know, right. They're experiencing it along the way of what, what the potential could be. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I find interesting too, is how quickly you've grown. Because when you started with us, you were less than 10 people on your team and now you're almost double that, right? Yes. Where, yeah, 20. Wow. Gosh, 20. That is crazy. So <laughs> tell me about that. And what has that journey been like learning how to lead that team? Well, I can't do it by myself. I, mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest change is knowing that I am a terrible manager and I need to, I needed to hire someone really. Um, Amy is my right-hand person. She's my business manager. And so I needed her to be my closer, to finish things for me and to have hold people accountable because I'm not great at that. 
And then trusting, you know, trusting the people, Stephanie has been with me for 16 years, trusting the people around me to help build the team and help keep them accountable. It sounds like um, Gail and Stephanie and me and you all need to have a little retreat together since we've all been together for 16 years. <laughs> I know you're right. That's, That's a good right. idea. I didn't realize I knew it was close, but I didn't realize it was that close in, um, in time frame. So. Uh, so Cheryl, who inspires you the most? My mom does. You know, I was asking Louie this. I'm like, He's like, well, your mom. I'm like, well, that seems like the typical answer. (laughs) (laughs) But if it's true. (laughs) But it is true. You know, she grew up Amish. Um, She had an eighth grade education. You know, she went clear across the world, not knowing anybody to raise a family. And then, um, you know, we moved back to the U.S. And she she did color analysis. You know, she she did anything that she could do to help support her family. She never really worked full time out of the house, but she would go and work at night and she would go to colleges. She would sell um, like cookware back then when you did that. And she just really I mean, as she grew her career, she believes in building teams and has taught me a lot of what it means to build a good team. The hardest thing and the worst thing you can have in any culture is a culture of fear. I am a huge, huge believer. And she has taught me that, you know, there can't be any fear within your culture. And anybody who even, you know, she always says one rotten egg can spoil the whole batch. And it's true. So she has just really taught me a lot about what that looks like, what it means to really stay true and have a good culture and lead your team. What about design wise? Who inspires you most in the design world? I love Kit Kemp lately. She's been one of my... um, designers that I love seeing what she's doing, you know, in the hospitality world. And, you know, just personally, Joni Vanderslice is, you know, really inspires me just as who she is as a person and how she runs, you know, she has a 50 person company and all the things that she's doing. She really inspires me a lot. Great. Cheryl, what's new in your life these days? Well, I am getting my passport back out. Good. I can't, I can't wait to travel again. We're travel out of the country once, if not twice this year. And then also personally, just on a a different note, I am in the beginning stages of forming a group, a women's group called the salon. And this is just something that I'm really passionate about. And I just believe that in order to change the world or to make a bigger difference, we all need to hear each other's stories. And just everything that's going out, you know, in our country right now and so many different opinions, I want to just have a place and I want to see this go across the country where there's groups of women meeting and hearing each other's stories and supporting one another, you know, not just in the design world. This is, you know, in the business world, in the, you know, women who are mothers, uh, really just any strong woman that's out there, I want to start forming these round tables and groups that we can really hear each other's stories and be uh, create a network of influence. I love that. I know a couple of strong ladies in Colorado. <laughs> I know. You can, you can start it over there. Awesome. Exactly. So Cheryl, if you were stranded on a desert island, uh, what or who would you have with you? Well, I'm taking a person and a thing. <laughs> I'm taking MacGyver and I, I'm taking a satellite <laughs> phone because I would be okay being on the stranded island for maybe a week, probably will only last three days. And then I want to go straight off the island. 
And I figured between MacGyver and my satellite phone, they could get me off. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I there's love probably that. no bar because that's where I would go <laughs> straight to the bar first. <laughs> oh, I love that. And well, then to course. a shower right after three days. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's like camping always sounds good until you realize that you need a shower. <laughs> no, it really doesn't ever sound good. To me. <laughs> I'm with you. It's got to be a nice five-star hotel. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, so where are you going to be traveling this year? And we're going to Costa Rica and mm-hmm. possibly Portugal. We'll have to kind of see what happens and then maybe Thailand. Mm, wonderful. Wow. So. How do you guys choose um, where you're going next? Well, Costa Rica, we have family and we're going there for something really important. This is depressing. So we won't talk about that one. Um, And then uh, Portugal has been on our radar for a long time. We love Spain and just wanted to, we were going to go last year, but we had to cancel the trip. And then Thailand, we're trying to go every year so that we can see the kids. Mm, That's great. So Cheryl, since you're, you have this big vision and you're planning to grow a $50 million company, obviously that means your team is somewhere between 150 and 200 people. So how do you anticipate finding all that great talent and how do you tackle this when you've got seven different verticals within your business that you're going to build? Well, I think it's going to be outside of Columbus. You know, I could see having some satellite offices across Mm -hmm. the country and hiring, you know, talent in different demographics outside of Columbus. You know, the great thing about being here is that so many people are moving in from the coast and our city is growing like crazy. And so we have some amazing talent coming in here. So that's a plus for us. But, you know, it's looking at I'm really changing my role so I can focus on sales and going out to sell because ultimately um, I love relationships and that's what I'm really good at. So if I focus on selling and then get my design team behind me and hiring contractors as well, and really just kind of spreading out, the more designers I have, the more billable time we have, which helps Mm -hmm. us get to that place, right? Mm -hmm. So knowing when um, you have enough work to bring another designer is a challenge, but also in my experience, I've just had a gut instinct like, hey, we're going to need to bring someone in and the work comes. You know, it just really works out. Well, it goes back to that. You have to have some intuition in addition to being logical because you can't just be one side of the brain when you're running a business, right? Right. No, that's absolutely right. Well, it's amazing. And I know I cannot wait to see what happens in the next nine years because I know you're going to do it. And I will be there with a bottle of champagne to celebrate when you hit your 50 million, for sure. (laughs) A box of champagne, Gail. even yeah, absolutely <laughs> I all right it. so Cheryl, we always leave our audience with three things that they can take home with them today and i will let you take it away on what you'd like to share well i think really um taking the time to meditate and taking some time to um give yourself space so that you can really think about what your dreams are and what you want for your life and just being honest with yourself and journaling those things and just seeing, just seeing what, you, what you come up with and where your mind takes you. And also, you know, giving yourself that permission if it's uh, maybe you don't want to grow or maybe you're fine with the way you are or, you know, where you are in your company. 
or knowing to go after what you really want to go after. So just really giving yourself the permission, whatever it is, being true to yourself um, to go after what you really want. And last, it's really uh, pushing through your mindsets. You know, we all have uh, mindsets. And I think that's the biggest thing that holds us back is our own self-limiting beliefs and really um, understanding what your, your limiting beliefs are. And I think when you have that meditation time and you're journaling and ask the people who really believe in you and know you, hey, what are my beliefs that are holding me back? And being honest with yourself and pushing through, pushing the ceiling, pushing through the ceiling on those beliefs. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. It's so good to see you. Um, we've missed you dearly. We can't wait to see you. Hopefully we'll see you at market. Yes. And um, please give our love to uh, Louie and the girls. Thank you. It's been such, so much fun and such a pleasure to see both of you. I always love to see you. It's Great been to really see you a too. good time. Thanks so much. We'll thank talk you. to you soon. You can follow Cheryl on Instagram at Crimson Design Group, and be sure to check out her beautiful spaces at www.crimsondesigngroup.com. And have you had a chance to check out Gail's book yet? It's called Business Breakthrough, Your Creative Value Blueprint to Get Paid What You're Worth. It's available on Kindle, and if you register as a buyer for the June High Point Market, you'll receive a free PDF of the book. We look forward to seeing you at market in just a few weeks. (laughs) 